Hi, it's Marcel here. You may have noticed our decision to postpone this episode. To be frank, it was just disingenuous to act as if it was business as usual. We are, of course, still heartbroken at the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Tony McDade, and those that came before. Honestly, that list is too long. However, our team, Alicia, Tara, Mallory, and myself, are doing what we can to grow, learn, fight, and help the movement. So on behalf of Witch Yes and everyone involved, we want to say Black Lives Matter. Thank you for listening, and now please enjoy the show. Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the 100 people who screamed in unison that we were thinking of careless whispers. I'm Alicia Herner. That's true. I'm Tara Keck. Thank you for your service. <laughs> You're such a cute laugh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> After years of, of tailoring it from <laughs> to the correct pitch. <laughs> I just, oh, bless people that laugh like Santa Claus. Yeah. On today's episode, the long-awaited familiars episode, which is in the news and what to do if your spell goes awry. What do I do? <laughs> Fuck if I know. <laughs> you gotta wait till the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. We have a message from Rose, who is at our $10 level on Patreon. And remember, if you're 10 or 20 or $500, you get to make us puppets and we say what you want on the podcast. <laughs> so just imagine I'm like a marionette. <laughs> Only my mouth is moving. Nothing else. Maybe with the arms. Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Dun, dun. And then you're behind and you're drinking a glass of water. It's like you're doing ventriloquism. It blows my mind. That people can do that? Yeah. It freaks me out. And marionettes just making this thing like move. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they always dance. Have you seen that skeleton one? Yeah. I'm obsessed with marionettes. And I'm so upset that I can't go see them in Central Park because oh, of the quarantine. No. Anyways, anyways, Rose. Oh, it took so much from us. But <laughs> Alicia Harder cannot go see a nice puppet show. I just want to see puppets. <laughs> Rose. Rose says, the only message shout out I have is for all the witches, baby to high priestess that are out here being bad asses and doing their thing, trying to make things better one magical moment at a time. Extraordinarily happy face. Keep that up. Clap, clap, clap. Yes. Thank you, Rose. Aww. I like that message. It was so sweet and like supportive. Rose looking out for us. I feel very seen by Rose. All of you should feel very seen by Rose. She sees all. She didn't make me say that, <laughs> but she could have. She could have. And you could too. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm just imagining we're like slowly through the podcast, putting like little cameras inside each person's home. <laughs> just so Rose can like manipulate people like puppets from a distance. Rose needs to be stopped. <laughs> Cut that shit out, Rose. From her cush home in Iowa or some shit. <laughs> just being like, what are they up to now? But I'm good. I don't really have much of an update today. So mm -hmm. tell me about your life. Tell me about my life. Doing good. So far, the Art Crit group is going really well. Good. There are a couple of really wonderful things that have been said about other people's work, but I'm second to last. 
I'm also might be getting a little too drunk beforehand because I'm so nervous I'm going to say something dumb. And then I just get a little too slap happy in the comment section of the Zoom calls. That's probably good. Just keep it interesting. They'll be like, oh, we like her. She's fun. I'm hoping that it's like makes people feel less self-conscious because there's just a lot of high discourse like scone bullshit, you know, Mm -hmm. like like detritus. Did you know that ever since that episode came out? Mm -hmm. I have said in my head detritus every day. Really? Yeah, including this morning. Oh, wow. In what context? It's so beautiful of a word. It like floats into my mind and I'm like, oh, the detritus of our lives. (laughs) And then it floats out Mm -hmm. like a beautiful swan. Or like the uh, beautiful centipede that Moeen gazed upon, after which I smashed into oblivion. And he became detritus. And then he became quickly... With with an ignorance, split-second decision. It all comes back. But besides that, I also want to talk about this new show that I hate but also love and will finish to the end called The Big Flower Fight. I saw a show called The Big Flower Fight and I had not clicked it, but I was like, I see you and I will click it. (laughs) I was like, noted. You are seen. (laughs) I will come back to you. It's by the same people that did the Great British Bake Off baking show. Okay. And it has like the same energy where it's like, do, 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 do. And then you're like, fly across a British field. Do, 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 do. And then there's like the two hosts and it's like, we didn't meet before today, but now we're best friends. And then there's like, do, 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 do. Some like stuffy judge. I'm just imagining like the Animal Crossing airplane experience. Yes, that's kind of what it's like. Where they're like, (laughs) to get the flight. It's like my favorite part of the whole experience of watching over Marcel's shoulder is just the flights. Yes. Please don't be mad. I'm trying to book you into this place. (laughs) Panic. Panic. I'm like, ah, airport culture. I miss it. I miss it. it. The before time. (laughs) The before time. So the setup of the show is that it's this competition. They brought in Americans, so of course now it's going to get bad and very competitive. Yeah. But there's like a different challenge every week. And they build these massive living sculptures of flowers. And they have like a metalworking shop. They don't have to do it, thank God. But it's like they hired like these metal workers to come in and they build like these crazy sculptures. I've only watched two episodes. And already the girls from Brooklyn have let us down and left. So I was like, of course. Americans. And then I checked their website online and I was like, yeah, they're closed, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't make it through this. And then if you win for the week, you get the award of best in bloom. It's just like... (gasps) Oh, that's beautiful. They try to take everything from the Great British Baking Show off thing and then inject flowers into it. And I've gotten to learn a lot about flowers, which is wonderful because I love plants. Mm -hmm. But it's like I get frustrated with it because it's not as accessible as the baking show because all of these people pretty much own flower shops in some way. So they're not amateurs. And then also like baking... I always imagined myself having the ability to make what they made on the show Mm -hmm. because it's like you can buy eggs and flour and whatever at Kroger. Your confidence is so much higher than me. (laughs) Because I do not feel like I could make the things they made. Are you kidding? You you definitely cook. You're Well, I don't know. I just I haven't watched the Great British Bake Off show, but just seeing clips of like Gordon Ramsay yelling at people just makes me like sweat. No, no. I was like, if a man yells at me, I'm crying. No one yells on that show. Okay, It's very like they are all friends and they help each other. And it's like very in that British competition way where they're like, oh, and we love Stephen and I can't wait to summer with him in Bath after this. And we love him so much. And it's just this week just wasn't his week, but he made a beautiful toilet out of bread. I love that. 
That's beautiful. I hope that's not offensive. Is that offensive to Brits? What? When we do British accents? It better not be. They have so much <laughs> control over the world. They don't. Mm. For such a tiny little country. I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel no remorse. I know. I just wanted to talk about that because I will be finishing it. and <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Probably tonight, actually. Before this podcast is released. <laughs> Definitely. All right. And in the new born tradition Ooh. of beginning our show with reading an iTunes review. You didn't like putting it in the back last time? No, it's like, I want <laughs> you guys to hear what people are writing. And I want you to feel like we could also say your name. Yes. Like Matilda or scroll, scroll, scroll. Perio or scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> this Miss Melis. That's a good one. Oh, man, that is a pretty good one. But I'm going to go scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, here we go. This is Woob. Woob. From Cedar P. Cedar P writes, just found this podcast a couple weeks ago, and this has been extremely entertaining and helpful. I love your structure and tangents. Keep it up, ladies. And Marcel. And I chose this specifically so Marcel would know that he should also keep it up. Keep up. (laughs) We're running. We're running. Let's go. Don't slack now. I love it. But we love you. Thank you, Cedar P. Thank you, Cedar P. We are sweet and precious. And P woob. Cedar. And woob. What are we talking about today? Oh my God. We're going to talk about animals. Animals? Ah! Have you heard of these witches? Listen. What if you grew up in a cave and you never saw an animal before? Oh. You would see ant- bugs. Bugs. Centipedes. Yeah. Bears. Centipedes. Bears. Definitely. Hibernating. That is your mother. <laughs> That bear was your mother. And you are also a bear. And I don't know how you got the ability to walk to an Apple store and buy an iPhone, which who gave you the money for that? But you should leave us a review, even if you're a bear. I would really like that. I would enjoy that immensely. So we're not just talking about animals. We're talking about familiars, which are a specific kind of animal. Fine. When we walked into this, what were your assumptions about familiars? Meow. Yes. Yes. Good ideas. Uh-huh. Ooh. Like a like an owl. <laughs> your face showed no recognition of that noise at all. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, a bork bork. A dog. Okay. A scuttle scuttle, right? Is that a skunk? Nah. Do skunks scuttle? Yeah, I mean, and then they go. And then they go. <laughs> that was the, the booty. That That is true. Uh, yeah, that's all the animals I can think of right now. How did I do? You did pretty good. Thank These you. are all things that could be familiars. Oh, good. So I had come into it being like, okay, these are animals that are my friends. Okay. Not stranger animals. Not stranger animals. And I assume that these animals were relying on me rather than I was relying on the animal, which it seems to me is not true. Mm. I'm going to start with some history. I love that. Because this is some wild shit. (gasps) Yes. Historically, the idea of familiars comes from the medieval notion of supernatural entities that are assigned to or attach themselves to witches. And that's a double V, vitches. Vitches. So who do they think were assigning these bad boys to witches like 20-year-olds at a temp agency? Satan. Satan. And why was the devil sending out these boys? For blood. Ooh. It's a more historical context. The idea, there's like this path. There's this path to becoming a fish. First, you must be tempted by the devil. Sounded like you said fish. So does this path to become a fish? Bloop, bloop. I didn't hear a bloop, bloop out of you when we were talking about familiars earlier. Bloop, bloop. Turns out fishes can be vitches familiars. Yes. And maybe vitches themselves. So first, you got to be tempted by the devil. Usually he's like, you know, he's like that slick man or that black goat that comes up and says, do you want power? You say, yes, of course. I'm living in medieval France. I am desperate. I am desperate for bread. I want some bread. <laughs> and I will steal it. Fuck power. Just give me something to eat. 
But then, what was his name? Jean Valjean will chase me for eternity. <laughs> that man's creepy. So we also discuss that Satan can be viewed as protector of the broken and battered women. But usually if Satan comes to you, you're in a pretty desperate situation. I like that. He just has like one goal. Like he's so reliable in that way. Yes. You can't be like, ah, oh, my friendly pal Satan, who's so like surface level. You're like, no, he wants something, but he wants something always. Yeah. Like that's nice. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue. I just like really appreciate someone who shows up so consistently like Satan. <laughs> because of all of the men that have let you down in your life. <laughs> At least. I'm sorry. Okay, anyways. And then, so he tempts you. You then engage in transvection to the witch's sabbat. That's when they zip, zap, zap over to the sabbat by flying. And then at the sabbat, which is considered a meeting place and not one of the holidays on the wheel of the year, you dance, you fuck, you eat, and you engage in apostasy, which is where you turn away from the light of the Lord. The ultimate apostasy being when you accept the devil as your master and you kiss his little butt. And then... Sign his book. You sign his book. Yep. And then he gives you the devil's mark. And once you have accepted and committed apostasy, the devil slashes you or wounds you in some way, and your blood is the sacrifice and promise of your allegiance. And the devil's mark slowly heals, but you are assigned a small familiar. And his job is to do your bidding, but also he's got some ulterior motives. Ooh. And I'm going to read from Women, Witches, and Witnesses by Clive Holmes. The witch enters a covenant with Satan, who marks her and draws blood. The devil then provides a familiar who regularly sucks blood from the resulting wound, drawing it into a teat. That's a nipple. Titties. No matter where you're slashed, this little guy comes and he sucks the blood and turns that into another nipple. And then this inverted Eucharist is designed to put her mind of the original transaction, the more to aggravate the witch's damnation. Does that make sense? So I follow Satan and I get a third nipple that my familiar suckles. Yeah, and it's supposed of. to remind you of the devil. It would just remind me that I have a third nipple. <laughs> <all> a <laughs> and I'm freaked out and it's on my back and I can't. <laughs> Titties for Satan. Here we go. I'm going to read again from Women, Witches, and Witnesses. Satan and his minions are described in scripture to be mighty, terrible spirits full of power, rage, and cruelties. So why then were they masquerading as such paltry vermin as cats, mice, toads, and weasels? So the idea is that these devils adopt these base disguises so as not to terrify their dupes by revealing their horrendous forms and power. And my question is, are the dupes the townspeople or the dupes the witches? Is it more terrifying to have a rat come and suckle (laughs) your foot nipple for blood? I don't know. That's pretty... My foot nipple. Or a big... You know, I think a foot nipple would be okay. You can get away with that. You can hide it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would hurt probably after being suckled. I've never breastfed a child, so I don't really know what that feels like, but I assume there's some like discomfort. Yeah, they definitely have bombs and stuff. And then it's like, then if they get teeth, you're like, no. So I feel like that's a good place for teeth. Like your face would be a bad place, but you were mostly covered up back then, you know, not you personally, but like. (laughs) Yeah, it was. was, (laughs) So many years of DNA. (laughs) My mother's 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 mother. Hidden in there. You'd probably get away with like a nipple anywhere, like a third nipple anywhere at that time. And your hairline, I feel like, would be the best place to hide it. Yeah, but then you have like a rat in your hair. Yeah, but then I like could... all curled up while it yeah. sucks blood out of your head. I don't know. I don't think I would mind that. Maybe if it were a hawk, I would be horrified. If it were like a little weasel, I'd be well, like... a hawk has a beak. <laughs> suckling he's pecking your foot nipple i just don't know if suckling happened not a good familiar to have no okay so to sum it up 
Familiars are Satan's minions. They come to Earth. They do the biddings of witches. They power up your Maleficium, and then they slowly suck their souls out, plunging the witches further into damnation. Because Satan's whole deal, right, with employing witches is not only to cause suffering on Earth through giving them power, but also, in the end, he gets a nice salty soul. So it's like a win-win for him. Mm. So in later writings, descriptions of familiars would fluctuate. In the beginning, they were clearly demons, but some pieces refer to them as like fairy folk later on and while their foremost goal is to pull a soul closer to damnation they are clearly protective spirits which like have you ever seen like those videos of like cats fighting bears to protect babies where the bears like walking up to it's the baby? like mom strength yeah. yeah 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 it's like they could lift a car but they're a cat yeah and they just fucking run in they're like Pow! and the bear's like sorry didn't mean to steal <laughs> your ba- baby my bad my bad <laughs> i just saw a baby i thought it was unattended <laughs> free baby free baby that's what i thought Dibs. We're not respecting dibs anymore. (laughs) So small familiars were said to have been kept in small pots, lined with sheep's wool, and then fed stuff like milk, bread, meats, and of course, blood. So I actually read that Alice Hunt, who was a girl who was accused of witchcraft in the St. Osseth witch trials around the 1850s, claimed that she had two tiny horse familiars named Robin and Jack, or they were toads in something else I read. So... Who's giving me I this love, information? I, I don't know. Tiny horse. But we're going to go with little tiny horse because it's wild. But regardless, they lived in a tiny pot by her bed. And the child even showed the pot to the officials because they were like going to arrest her. And she was like, look, this is where my tiny little horse familiars live. And they like didn't see any horses in the pot. But they were like, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> No. And convict you of witchcraft. And kill you. Probably. And kill you. Probably. I couldn't find little? out if. Yeah, she was like a girl. So not like 18. So she was like, they didn't give me an age, but 18 younger. You know, girl age. Mm-hmm. Enough to see like tiny horses in a pot. Mm. That may or may not have been there. Probably weren't there. Probably weren't there. But she said, here they are. So maybe they were there. Anyway, she's dead. It was a long time oh, ago. Oh, God. <laughs> Moving on. They seem to be moving on, I guess. <laughs> from, okay. from the murder of a child. Yes, moving on. It was so, the 1850s. There seem to be two schools of thought on what they were named. So some sources say that they were given affectionate names like Little One or Beloved, while some sources say they were given strange names like Thistlepur or Dandy Brat. My cat would be a Dandy Brat. Dandy Brat. She is a Dandy Brat. You are a Dandy Brat. Guess it depends on how ridiculous a witch they were. There aren't readily available accounts of male witches in the 17th century, like keeping familiars and stuff. So I know that they existed, but I wonder if it has something to do with like the gendered way of taking care of familiars Mm. because it is suckling and it is communion in a way. Like they're taking communion, these familiars, through a body in a very feminine way mm-hmm. i'm like they have to exist because male witches did exist even though they were like a small section yeah and men still have nipples and men still have nipples so they could grow a third nipple i mean there are men that have their nipples there are men that have their nipples so they could grow a fourth nipple and they could they could just keep, keep two tiny horses <laughs> that suckled their breasts <laughs> with their horse teeth i don't know it's sounding scary now oh god <laughs> Is that an apple? Okay, so I just wanted to read one other historical account of a familiar. So this is from, I forget, but imagine that I didn't and I remembered. So it says, after accomplishing Mother Waterhouse's purpose, her familiar and cat was rewarded with a chicken and a drop of her blood. This she gave him by pricking her hand, instead of through a nipple, 
or her face and putting the blood out to his mouth, which he then sucked. Which I was like, this is not a teat, but like having to continually exact violence on yourself to feed something. Mm -hmm. It's very communion eucharist like that sounds like how they came up with like diabetes strips oh god yeah <laughs> yeah maybe that is your familiar diabetes no the little guy the, oh, okay the little thing the little the like little those. pokey but i'm interested in knowing what are these familiars like when they're like not looking through the fog lenses of a 15th century parishman who's like aroused and angry about it so tell me so we're gonna get into famous familiars modern day familiars yay these are just a bunch of very nice stories but first we'll talk about tv and movie familiars Anne we're just Hathaway gonna is my familiar say what i said Anne hathaway is my familiar Anne Hathaway. <laughs> they can be people can't they she's just in my little purse i open her up boop 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 well they actually i didn't even put this on the document but the satire film what they do in the shadows about vampires oh, yeah. they have people as their familiars mm-hmm. but that's kind of this whole joke gag very good show. Everyone should oh, watch I it. I love that. Everyone should watch it. Very show good. and movie. Taika Waititi so cute. So of course we have Luna and Artemis from Sailor Moon. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Magical. Beautiful. Fucking moons on their head. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We have Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which in the longer titled one, he is actually a demon. Yes. That got put into cat body. Yes. Versus the other one. He's just like a really cool puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a puppet black cat. And I love him too. We have the black hair from the movie The Witch. That very, very spooky movie. Mrs. Norris and Nagini from the Harry Potter series. Hmm. So there were a lot of articles being like, Hedwig is not a familiar. Yes. Because Hedwig does not assist you in your magic. Hedwig delivers messages to you. Hedwig is a glorified pigeon. Exactly. But a, she a very loves beautiful. Him. Yes. Yes. But Mrs. Norris actually rats out people and like does communicate. And since Filch was a, are we allowed to say the word mudblood on the podcast? That's like a bad word, isn't it? A wizard of mixed ancestry. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. And Nagini was very powerful and scary. And so she gets to be on the list regardless. You can do whatever you want, Nagini. And even a Siamese cat named Kit that the Hollowell sisters adopted in Charm. So these are all just like popular familiars. It's kind of a TV trope in itself Mm -hmm. is to have this magical superhero, magical protagonist. And then they have like this little furry buddy who helps them and sometimes also gets in their way because they're little. They're little And they're always underfoot. Trying to get the cheese. And so the list goes on and on. But I want to talk about some real life possible familiars of history. Because I know that's what we're here for. Story time. So first we have Morocco the Dancing Horse. Morocco was so famous in 1591 that he was mentioned in Shakespeare's Love Labor's Lost as the dancing horse. The one and only. The dancing horse. That was supposed to be a reference that could last centuries for us to still understand (laughs) morocco the dancing horse is timeless shakespeare thought so he's like no one else is writing these fucking books (laughs) morocco lived with his owner william banks and it was thought that morocco was psychic because he moved his legs to reply to certain questions Mm. and so i guess they had some kind of system down he would also count coins by stomping his hoof he could dance on two or four legs which is way more than i can do already And even he could bow down to the queen when it was necessary. Just like he just knew to bow down. Yeah. Which fancy lady is the lady to bow to? The one with the biggest dress and the biggest hair Mm -hmm. because it's the closest to God. Mm -hmm. And thus we bow or she will kill us. Yes. 
He was very smart. Although because of all of this, it definitely seemed like Morocco was channeling some type of witchcraft woo-woo, which was like not good. Absolutely not. In 1590, like they didn't like it, I guess. You know, that's what I've heard. Because people in 1590 didn't know how to have fun. No. And let loose in their tiny pants. Except Shakespeare. He's like the dancing horse. (laughs) It's like these fuckers. (laughs) They will write books on me in this horse. So William Banks and Morocco were tried for witchcraft, found guilty, and condemned to death. Oh no! However, this one has a happy story because apparently Morocco knelt down in front of the presiding judge to plead for his owner's life. And the judge ended up being so moved by this experience that he pardoned both William and the horse. And so Morocco and William just lived happy lives until Holy like Morocco shit. dies of like natural horse causes. Holy Isn't that crazy? Is a, which is a wolf. What a story that was. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Zero to 60. I'm thrilled. And then 120. I was like, shit. That would not happen in the U.S. Fuck. All right. The next one we got is Boy the Dog. Okay. In the 17th century, when the royalists and the parliamentarians were fighting each other in the English Civil War, Prince Rupert of the Rhine had what is now known as the first official British army dog in the form of a white hunting poodle named Boy. Oh. Mm -hmm. Boy apparently had magical powers and was suspected of being a witch's familiar. And so it was huge propaganda by like the parliamentarians to be like, this dog is evil. Blah, 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 blah. But he's so white and fluffy. Yeah. So Boy was apparently able to find hidden treasure, be completely invulnerable against attacks. (laughs) Right? Isn't that wild? I've tried to stab this dog 10 times and he just won't die. (laughs) And then he could even catch any bullets that were aimed at Prince Rupert in his mouth. He just, like a bullet comes and he fucking just like hops over there, (laughs) grabs the bullet in the teeth, hops down, you know, like wild ass shit. Wonder Woman. Yeah. It was so crazy. And the British army ended up promoting Boy from mascot to Sergeant Major General, which... I'm already like, what does that mean? I think he has more power than most people there. (laughs) Reports only to the president. Yeah. Boy did die in a battle of Marston Moore in 1644, so he wasn't invulnerable. But he tried. Yeah. It was sad. It was a sad story. Do you want to hear how he died? Oh, by (laughs) hearing a beautiful poem and knowing that his time had come and he laid down his life. Kind of. So he was, during this battle, which apparently did not go that well for the royalists, he was tied up because they didn't want him to go to this battle. He saw Prince Rupert like ride off and he untied himself to go after his master into battle and somehow died. They didn't explicitly say how he died, but I feel like there are a lot of ways a dog can die in war. So rest in peace, boy. Yeah, heart attack. (laughs) Too much stress and aneurysm. Had too many Too much to eat. Yeah. (laughs) Same thought. (laughs) He was too full and he got indigestion. And- yeah. Oh, you know. But boy. thank you, boy, for your service. Maybe. I'm assuming the royalists were the bad guys, so I maybe it so. wasn't good. <laughs> there is a parliament there now, so I think they might have lost that one. But don't quote me, because obviously I don't fucking know. Then we also have Oscar the Cat. Okay, he might not be a familiar, but I think his story just needs to be shared. Okay. So during World War II, Oscar the Cat, Oscar with a K, because this is important information actually, was on a ship called the Bismarck, which plummeted into the ocean in a sea battle on May 27th, 1941. 2,000 crew members died, yet Oscar survived. Was he the sole survivor? They didn't say if he was the sole survivor or not. But he was the only survivor picked up by the British battleship, the HMS Cossack. And he told their story. They renamed him Oscar with a C? 
They're like, no, 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 none of this. I mean, he probably didn't come with like a leash or like a collar or anything, you know? Oh, wait. So that means that they just... They didn't know. They were just like, oh, this is Oscar with a C. The HMS Cossack was damaged by a German torpedo later that year. And then when the HMS Cossack was being towed to safety after the torpedo attack, just an explosion ripped through the ship, killing 159 men. And Oscar survived. (gasps) Talk about fucking impenetrable. (laughs) Fuck you, boy, the dog. I know. And he was renamed as the Unsinkable Sam. They just (laughs) rebranded him completely. Thank God he's a cat, so he's like, I don't care about a name. What's in a name? <laughs> you have any milk? Exactly. So he was brought to live on the HMS Ark Royal, and that was torpedoed as well. Oh no, this is not a good war no. to be a cat. With only two crew members surviving, one a human and the other, <laughs> Sam the Unsinkable. <laughs> Get this cat <laughs> off of the ocean. So, okay, according to notes, the Unsinkable Sam was found, and let me just adjust my glasses here. Angry, but quite unharmed, floating <laughs> on a plank. <laughs> I can only imagine. I was like, Artemis would be so pissed. This is like fucking <gasps> alien shit. This is like Ripley is searching this entire base for this cat to save it from the alien mom before the ship explodes. Yes, exactly. That's why I was like, I don't even care anymore. We have to tell this cat story. <laughs> It has to be known. Thankfully, Sam stayed away from boats after that and lived in a seaman's home in Belfast until he died peacefully in 1955. But he survived three shipwrecks. He saw so he many dead bodies. He should have been on the Titanic. Oh my God. But it was also like, is he a bad omen? He keeps <laughs> bringing destruction on every fucking boat he's on. That's why if he's kept on land. He was fine. No one got to him. The war be... didn't get to him. He died in the 1950s. After living a long and beautiful life with his wife and children. At least 14 years. That's crazy. You know, maybe more. So we also have Puxatani Phil. Oh, fan favorite. He has to be a familiar. Absolutely. Like he is obviously this demon creature in a groundhog suit that you can hear more about on our Patreon episode about omens. His full name is, I don't even know if we talked about his full name. Oh, I don't think so. Puxatani Phil, Seer of Seers, Sage of Sages, Prognosticators, and Weather Prophet Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Not even extraordinary, extraordinary. And he has that mysterious group called the Inner Circle that's always looking after him. And that's spooky as shit. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about him, we went in on that Omens episode. Mm-hmm. And I people don't want to hear the same information twice. So last but definitely not least, Paul the Octopus. Do you remember Paul? Oh, didn't he? What didn't that have to do with the World Cup? Yes. Oh, boom. Hello. Yeah. Boom. You did it. So he may also not be a witch's familiar, but this squishy eight-limbed creature with big googly eyes will forever be cemented in history for his divinitary practices. He was a witch. And he we were all was a witch. familiars. <laughs> Quite possible. So as Tara said, Paul the Octopus correctly predicted who would win the 2010 World Cup. During divinations, Paul's keepers would present him with two boxes containing food. Each box was identical except for a drawing of the upcoming team's flag, like yes. country's flag on the box. And whichever box Paul ate from first was predicted winner of the upcoming match. Overall, Paul amassed a record of 12 correct predictions out of 14, which is about an 85.7% success rate. That's better than most weathermen and <laughs> definitely better than Puxatani Phil. It's better the most psychics yo he did die in 2010 at age two and a half which is very sad because they're supposed to live like a long time oh it must have been like the stress of the divination you know 
Yeah. But in June 2014 for the FIFA World Cup, Paul was featured in a Google Doodle and he was represented as in heaven perched on a billowy bed of clouds and adorned with a halo. That would never happen. He's a witch. <laughs> He's an hell. But as <laughs> with a Google Doodle for that. <laughs> Holy shit. But as an interesting aside, there's like this whole branch of divination of animal oracles called zoomancy or zoomancy. I don't know. Because people say zoology, but they also say zoology. Yeah. So who the fuck knows how to say it? I was like, that might be interesting to look into an episode because we oh, love animals so much. That's such a good idea. Yeah, they have specific branches for like cat divination or spider divination. Ooh, like, not that one. <laughs> Just again. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, that could be cute. We love animals. That which yes. So we've talked about famous animals. How do I know if Artemis, my beauty, my treasure, my love, my pet, the one who completes me, is actually a familiar and not just a disgruntled feline? I feel like you already know. <laughs> the I an- think you- the answer's inside you. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have other animals, but mostly I just want to know if my cat is a familiar. I mean, why are we making this podcast? You this is my a- podcast, right? <laughs> It's the Alicia Show. What if Artemis like came to my ear and whispered, you should make a podcast. And that's how this all started. That's how I assumed it happened. Yeah. Not through us desperately trying to create meaning in our lives after grad school. No, not that. All these that skills sad. of research and content creation. Not at all in our field. No. So here's the simple test. Mm-hmm. You do a ritual. Where is your animal? Look around. Like a homing device? Yes. Okay. So is your Pomeranian in the other room chewing on a bully stick, getting that nice, sweet, sweet trash breath? Or is he in the room with you either presiding over your space, like he's protecting your energy, or is he up in your goddamn face? Where is your animal when you're doing witch shit? Mm -hmm. Okay. The less simple test, apparently, (laughs) witches think. Apparently. (laughs) Familiars have a look about them okay the big one is big deep dreamy eyes artemis has such dreamy eyes like the moon like the moon yeah. like the ocean yeah so they tend to have a calm demeanor and otherness about their energy like they've done this a couple times before like they have a knowingness about them mm-hmm. i would say saturn the cat who is not my familiar because he was not my cat <laughs> definitely had energy about him oh yeah he was strange <laughs> he's got that big dick energy too he's, got, yeah, he's like for real barrel as fuck but he passed away did i tell you yeah this? you did i was sad yeah and i didn't know about it until like, you fucking asked later. right i just i don't know i just feel bad yeah i just disappeared i like moved out and never came back and we used to sleep together so it was like yeah i wonder did you tell him you were moving out i told him that i was leaving okay but it's hard to tell If he really understood for how long. I find that Artemis is less mad at me if I tell her ahead of time Mm -hmm. to expect me to be gone. So I think they get it. I hope so. And when they see the packing, like, I think they really get it. You might be wondering, so my Pomeranian is in the other room and he's not interested in my witchcraft. Can I turn my Can I turn him into something else? (laughs) Like a controlling parent. (laughs) (laughs) You will be a dancer. One, two, three, four. Do it again and again. Okay. If your animal doesn't show an interest in something, I think that needs to be okay. But why? So not every animal you bring into your life is going to have the same spirit connection as your childhood tabby cat. And I need you to analyze why you're projecting that onto every animal you bring home. 
Also, there are subtle ways that your animal children could be impacting your practice, either by comforting you or grounding you after a difficult day at work. And that is just as important as being a lightning rod for spirit energy. Mm. So what kind of familiar should you get if you don't have one already? Oh my God, let's go pet shopping. <laughs> Getting on that it. pet finder. I love it. I feel like you know... Like, you know that you know what kind of animal you, you know, should you get. You know, you know, you know, um, But maybe you don't. And, or maybe you, like, need a reason other than your own desire to adopt a bearded dragon named Khan, which is what listener Kate has. Or cat, sorry. Whoops. Not we going back. Llewellyn says, think in terms of the elemental. So animals are warm-blooded and they have titties. So their dominant energy is earth. Uh, <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> Okay, okay. So reptiles, snakes, lizards, turtles, etc. are skin shedders and they're cold-blooded and made to be extremely adaptive. These creatures can inhabit earth or fire energy, but they offer themselves well to practices focused on spiritual healing and growth. Thinking about shedding the skin. I was thinking about those little lizards who climb into like bonfires and they're like, and they come out and they're like, I'm fine. I'm warm now. Thank you. I'm warm. Birds. Ka! Ka! They. Who? 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 Birds, mm-hmm. listen. <laughs> These hollow-boned songstresses have long been associated with oracles and the spirit world. They definitely lend themselves well to a practice that uses a lot of air magic. That makes sense. And no, you don't need to own a bird to work with birds. Does this make sense? Like if you have a bird feeder or you do a lot of bird watching or you're a Disney princess who chills with birds. I love that. You can just hang out with birds. So how do you know that they're not secretly someone else's familiar then? Did you check the collar? Of the bird? The bird tag? (laughs) Good point. I'd also, I don't know. Is it my right to make claim to every bird I see? We've looked at your ancestry.com. Clearly. Clearly I colonized everyone. (laughs) No, I think that, so animals have agency. Mm -hmm. It's important that we recognize that they have agency and desires and maybe they don't always have plans, but you know. I think they have plans. Sometimes they have plans. They got places to be. Oscar the cat. Oscar the cat was like, I'm going to survive. I got places to I'm not staying with you. No. You go down with the ship, Rose. (laughs) Goodbye. I ain't the captain. (laughs) But if they choose to work with you, and I think you can tell when you've been chosen, then I think that it's okay to work with that energy. Ah, it's the bird that chooses the wizard. Yes. I see. So amphibians, salamanders, toads, newts, you guessed it, are earth and water energy because they can live on the earth or they can live on the water. And I imagine that the duality of their existence could come into play. Like these ladies are slippery and I don't know what energy that would be other than gooey energy. Gooey. Love the goo. Fish. Fish live in water. Don't be stupid. (laughs) It's a water energy. (laughs) You fucking idiot. Not you. Air? (laughs) And then with water comes like intuition, instinct, emotion, subconscious. All that good like Scorpio, Pisces, mm-hmm. etc. And then insects, which for one sounds cool as hell because you have to be metal as fuck to want to work with insects. Llewellyn.com was kind of like, but I don't know, I guess whatever you want it to be. And maybe I think that like so many insects have the ability to like transform and metamorphosize, like thinking about butterflies and moths and stuff like that. That's pretty metal. They're little grubs and then they turn into like wasps. I don't know. <laughs> Killer hornets. Yeah. <laughs> which is better than carnivorous. Not carnivorous. It's better than carnivorous, for sure. What am I thinking of? Cannibalistic rats. Ah, yes. Which is what we're dealing with right now. Anyway, so you might also be thinking, how do I connect with my familiar? I have a suspicion that Artemis, with her big moon ocean eyes. They're beautiful. And she's gorgeous. So pretty. How do I connect with her? Tell me. So Moody Moon says, 
You should work on first synchronizing your breath. Synchronizing your breath. Yes. So she just sleeps and I feel her little lungs Mm -hmm. and I feel my little lungs Mm -hmm. and just try to get them to be the same. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know if she has to sleep. You could be lounging together or having an intimate moment together and just try to match up almost like tantric sex style, your breath to hers. (laughs) And then eventually she will also be trying to match your breath. That's cool. You could experiment with energy work, practicing your animal's aura or meditate and visualize their energy. Mm. And then allow them to take you on a walk if you have an animal that does outside walks. (sighs) Jealous. Yeah. I think this only counts. For dogs? For dogs. Well, birds. Some people... Can you take your bird on a walk? Have you seen that video of the man running with his two cans or whatever that they're his parents no god is he like running or is he skateboarding it's something and they're just like flying in unison next to him that's wild taking them taking them on a walk oh my god exercising their little wings into the sunset yeah (laughs) (laughs) they lift off yes like james and the giant peach (laughs) so i would say make sure that you are in a place that it's safe to take your familiar on a walk and that also that you feel safe because I do not feel safe walking alone in the woods with a dog unless it is a massive dog. I'm not going to take my poodle. Yeah. And then allow them to lead you, see what they want to show you while, of course, remaining safe and vigilant. And not losing them. And not losing them. Mm -hmm. If you're having a hard time connecting with your animal, say you don't feel like your animal is a familiar or their energy is not as strong as you'd like it to be, you can just use their trimmings. Not their droppings, but their trimmings. Okay. Hair of the dog, snake skin. Cats sometimes have little caps on their nails that they pick off. I'm just thinking about snake skin and that's disgusting. I know people own snakes Mm -hmm. which is already like hard for me to grasp that idea because they are beasts (coughs) she vomits and then no our new mic covers are they take the skin fucking pour it in a potion and drink it what the fuck i hope they don't drink it that sounds disgusting really burn it or like bury it or like wrap something in it maybe okay so we're gonna talk about something else really quick here's my snake wrap hey demeter here's what's up persephone i have this gift for you what is this Okay, and then you could invite them to a moon ritual. So oh, <laughs> invite them. You send them a letter. card. Now they put it in their calendar. They're very excited. They bring some snacks. <laughs> yes. So what you're going to do is you're going to open the circle or cast one around you. But open the circle and see if they join. If they offer to join, I need you to be, and this is important, Open to improvisation. Improvisation? Im- improvising. Oh. You need to be open to improv. You need to do some little Just yes improv. anding. Yes okay. and you're familiar. You are here to learn from them and work together. You don't need to be controlling your animal. You're not feeding off of their energy. You're working with their energy mm. and so are they. To combine. Yes. Okay. I guess you could use some of Artemis's cat hair. She has so much, dude. Is she really? She doesn't seem like a super hairy cat. You know she doesn't. And it's baffling. Where does it come from? But do I seem like a super hairy human? No. Okay, I have so much hair. Boy, all on your head. It's all on my. It's all on the fucking shower floor too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I have it on my head Every, anymore. I swear to God, though. Swear to God as whatever. I don't know how I'm not bald. Do you feel this way when you shower? I have like clumps. I get clumps. It's pretty clumpy, especially if I'm not eating well. I have never connected it to food. Maybe. 
But I'm just like, why? How do I still have hair? I should have like chunks missing. So the reason you're losing hair is from breakage, unless it's coming out and has like the little white tip. So if you're wow. losing the hair. I'm never looking at it that closely. I'm like trying to get the soap off of me. Rub it into a little ball. <laughs> Go down the drain. I know, trying to have Marcel not see it, being like, secret, secret, secret. <laughs> But it's that it, so it's breaking because it's fragile, ah. and that's why you're not losing patches. It's just that your hair would be naturally thinning, which it does anyway during the summer months because it's hot. Because it's fucking warm. Okay, I feel like I learned a lot. I'm very excited to try this all with Artemis. Mm-hmm. I'll have her light a candle or something, do some woo woo. Yeah, just see where she's at. I know where she's at in my house. <laughs> <laughs> she better be. I know where that bitch is at all times. Where's she right now? My house. She's probably sleeping on top of the suitcase. Yeah. Cats sleep 16 hours a day, so I don't think you can knock your familiar cat for still sleeping 16 hours a day. This is the body they came in. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to hear about how I adopted Artemis? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So for people that were on our AMA. You already heard it and you get to hear it again, so congrats. So enjoy. Enjoy. It brings a smile to my face every time. Sorry, Mallory. So I feel excellent. She is fine. She's glowing. I am glowing right now. It's the best memory of possibly my life. So, okay, no, I don't need to be thinking about all the memories of my life. Good, you put them down. <laughs> Smash them down. I know, put it back in the box <laughs> under this palette. So I wanted to adopt a cat for my 23rd birthday. And I was like, okay, going to visit a bunch of pet stores, going to look around. Like I want to see the soul in their eyes. And that's when I know like, ah, yes, mm-hmm. this animal will be part of my home. Mm-hmm. and a part of you and a part of me and I was like this isn't gonna happen on the first fucking animal you see and I wanted like a kitten you know like the little yeah. they're so cute so your mom I know and I'm mom and I'm gonna teach everything and we're gonna have fun me and this kitten it's gonna be great and she was still a kitten she was four months old so I walk into the humane society in Los Angeles and I'm like hey yeah I'm looking for a cat I've never done this before like I'm like I don't know how you adopted an animal I don't know what to say I don't want them to think I'm a foolish mom or something so I'm trying to be like all professional but chill you know and she was like oh you have to see this cat and I was like okay like I'll humor you I need a soul bonding experience I will humor you and she takes me over to this like cat cage whatnot and she pulls this cat out and she's four months old. So she's a little bit older than I wanted because I kind of wanted like babier, you mm-hmm. know, because they're just so cute when they're tiny and it's not fair because you just melt for them when it's like we should be adopting the old ones. But whatever. I adopted a four month old kitten. All y'all can suck a fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> this is my story. And so she puts the kitten in my arm and I'm like talking to the woman. It's fine. It's chill. And this cat loves me. She doesn't try to escape. She doesn't try to leave my arms at all, which doesn't make sense. Like most animals would be like, oh, this is fun. This is nice. Okay, I want to go now. But she just like stayed there all nice and cute. And I just held her. And then I was like, okay, she's like making up my mind. So I looked at her and I was like, do you want to come home with me? And she licked my face. She understood. And I was like, fucking sold. Wrap it up in a gift. Let's ship it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm going to take it now. And then they were like, you can't take it now. She has to be spayed. And I was like, bitch. Bitch. Why'd you let me hold her? And then I got her. And I adopted her. How long did you have to wait? Well, they said a day. But then they didn't contact me at the end of that day. Because I just assumed, which is my mistake, honestly. As I've talked to other, like, doctors and veterinarians, like, they're not going to contact you. You have to harass them until they give you the information you need so it was like 48 hours and I even skipped a class I brought her home in time and I had a night class and I was like
like, I'm not leaving her. This is adorable. She's a, a strange cat in a strange place. She Fuck needs school. to be supported. Exactly. Aww. And she followed me around for probably three weeks every Aww. time I was at home. Yeah. And she's the best. She is the best. She taught me how to love. Mm-hmm. I was stone cold. And then she was like, hello, mother. I was like, <gasps> everything she does is great. <laughs> Raise her on high like the Simba she is. She's so beautiful. Ah, Selenia. This is a very cute cat. She is so good. And that's my Artemis story. Beautiful. I thank you. And you helped me figure out the name. Because it was between two names and I texted you and you were like, you got to choose Artemis, you fucking bitch. I don't remember the other one. What was the other one? Harper. Oh, yeah. And you were like, nah, Artemis, Artemis. And I was like, okay. Love it. Oh. Yeah. So now we're going to read... Thank you, everybody that sent us so many pet pictures. So they are so cute. They are adorable. So. And your stories are anywhere from cute to moving to fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all got wild pet stories. Yes. But they are amazing. And I'm so happy that we got to see them all. And one day when which yes makes enough money, I want you to send the photos again and we will have a broad vote and then we will give them a bejeweled crystal collar or something an amulet something very expensive but not today so first we have pixel the bunny from casey i have such mixed feelings about bunny but this bunny's so cute she's got the tiniest ears and the biggest face i love it so right now this is word for word casey says right now Pixel is with my parents because my apartment is too small and her sassy self would not be pleased. Mm, Yes. They like to call her Buns or Little Piggy because she grunts. (laughs) That's crazy. She loves to snuggle and has learned tricks like spinning in a circle and climbing up steps. She's gotten very social since adoption and loves meeting new people. She's an Aries, so she has a lot of spunk and attitude, but she loves napping and snores quite a bit. Aww. And this bunny is like... Very round, but has the tiniest ears, and she's very cute. So that's Pixel the bunny. I love Pixel. And also, you gotta be really careful because people don't know how to handle rabbits because they think that they can just keep them in a cage, and then that's why people think that like rabbits are mean because they get really fucking mean in isolation. That was my story. It's really common. I mean, I've also been bitten by a bunny. It's like traumatizing. Like, why do I remember this still? It happened in sixth grade, and I'm still like angry about it. I'm like miffed. Yeah, I'll talk to my therapist about it. We'll work it out. To see what that's connected. We'll see what that's connected. (laughs) What line is this? Okay, so Madison sent us a whole thing about her cat, which is so adorable. And so her cat's name is Kekrin Softpaw. And this is the cat story. Our morning routine is normally the same. I try to walk to the washroom while she meows at my feet, tripping me up because feeding her is more important than my balance. She once had me crash on top of a glass table, but nothing was harmed. Classic cat. (laughs) But this particular morning, she was acting differently. She was running from me to the back door, growling and fluffed out as big as a raccoon. So curious, I opened the back door and to my surprise, there was a junkie camped out on our porch. Oh. She said in parentheses, not very Canadian if you ask me. They didn't even offer to pay the rent, which just seems like such a Canadian joke. I loved it. There had been a lot of break-ins during that time, so I was already on edge. I had caught people walking through my yard, but was never expecting to have them that close. I quickly shut the door and called the police. Turns out he had a bunch of weapons. What? 
Needles were left all over the place and he was very out of it. I remember waking up that night to a rattling, which I now know was the doorknob, but I am a heavy sleeper and quickly conked back out. I have no idea how long she was growling at the door, but I am so happy that she would put her fear of others aside to help her sleeping family. That is I got goosebumps. That's crazy. Pets are crazy. (laughs) They blow my mind. There's such a light in this dark, dark world, you know? I love that. So our final familiar. There were like so many. Uh, We would be here all day. That could be its own podcast. Yeah. Hey, read these emails out loud. (laughs) Read the phone book. (laughs) Lindsay says, hey, witches. First, love the podcast. Y'all crack me up. Thank you, Lindsay. We do this for you. (laughs) This is me and my familiar, Pluto. Fun fact, he was originally named after my husband's favorite Disney character, Pluto. We got it. We got it. I got the reference. We got the reference. But we got him at a time when I was going through some shadow shit and turned out to be more fitting. Since Pluto is the planet of shadows purging revelations and rebirth. Ah, how perfect. He's a one-year-old golden doodle, which I was like, oh, so, so cute. cute. And let me tell you, this dog is my child, really. My husband and I have decided not to have children years ago, which like, go you. Go you. Thank save you. Save your money. You could go to Cabo <laughs> with Pluto with the money that you saved from not having a child for one year. Yeah, the moment coronavirus is over, you can just like hop on a plane. Yeah. No planning. Nope. Take your dog. Dog might not like it, might be more difficult to go to Mexico with an animal than we're letting it sound, but you know, you get the point. Back to Pluto. Back to Pluto. So, as soon as I met Pluto, our souls were connected. I know it sounds weird, but my witchy friends get it. She's a winky face. I'm still trying to figure out the mystery of where from, where we have crossed before, maybe previous lives or a spirit guide. And then she gave a shrug emoji. I'm not sure, but I love this fluffy ball to death. Which I was like, there's pets. I've had. A lot of pets. And then I've had pets that are like, ooh, you are. You're a pet. You are (laughs) for me. But anyway, and that is. Would you consider your rats to have been familiars from our college days? I might have considered. Or post-college days. Or how long did they last? I had a couple. Okay. I had several. I would have considered Huckle maybe to have been an animal that I was deeply connected with. Mm -hmm. Because he was like very cuddly, like fall asleep on your shoulder, like come and see you, follow you around. Very kind. And then I flew them to Hawaii and then they hated me ever since. They were like, it's so hot. Why did you bring us here? And I was like, because my relationship is failing and I don't know what else to express love to. (laughs) But anyway, let's go to the next segment. (laughs) What's that? (gasps) Is it? Which is in the news? It's you. It's you. It's me. It's my turn. All right, here we go. We got your witchy stories coming right up. Mummified witch's cat auctioned on eBay. Oh god. Just on theme, you know. I thought, oh, let's add this. An advert appeared on eBay in late May that listed a mummified cat ready for sale to the highest bidder. Apparently, the pictures attached were like pretty fucking gross. Oh. It's a mummified fucking cat. But the person who posted it said the mummified cat was said to be in fantastic condition, still bearing its teeth and some of its hair. Some of it. Fantastic. In fantastic condition. Like new. Like new. <laughs> Almost new. <laughs> The description also stated that it was said to be recovered from a 16th century cottage renovation in Wales and that mummified cats, rats, and birds being placed in cavities in buildings was a practice used for hundreds of years to ward off witches and evil spirits and only for 650 pounds, which is like 802 American dollars. Oh, God. Although the seller had a 99.5% positive feedback rating. So like this person could have been legit. 
People were like not happy about this. Obviously. No, no. They called it disgusting and evil. eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. eBay did end up removing the ad for violation of its animal products policy. So you can no longer buy it on eBay. Okay. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Oh, so unsettling. It's just like ship it in the mail. <laughs> Those are like temperature regulated. I don't, no. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, little cat. That you had to go through the trauma, probably. I imagine that it was killed. Yeah. Not only just like roadkill or anything, but ugh, whatever. Killed and stuffed in a cottage. Yeah. And in the walls. In between the walls. And it probably smelled. Ugh, gross. Can we, ugh. This, is not, this is an open-faced, sour-ass sandwich. Yeah. So getting more sour. Australian truck driver crashed after seeing a witch. Lots of exclamation points. Okay. Lots of question marks. So recently, a truck driver accused of killing four police officers in a crash in Melbourne, Australia last month. I know, crazy. Has made an interesting excuse about what caused the tragedy. The 47-year-old man said that he saw a witch on the interstate while he was driving and veered into the emergency lane. The police officers were killed by the truck while they were in the emergency lane impounding a Porsche that had been left there. So, like, pretty tragic. And little did he know that he tested positive for PCP. Yeah, right. Well, actually, sources inside the Melbourne Assessment Prison said that he is an unwell man. He is currently receiving psychiatric treatment at the prison, and the man is alleged to having ice pipes in the cabin of his truck, although Victoria Police has yet to release his blood test. What the fuck is an ice pipe? So I had to look it up, and a lot of, like, weed places are coming up. I was even like, ice pipe four? <laughs> like, what's it used for? But it's, like, kind of those, like, methy oh yeah you know yeah like i'm sure you could smoke weed in it yeah that is but it also like like, shouldn't be in the back of your truck while you're driving working as a business and it's not uncommon for truck drivers to have to use drugs like that that keep them awake and hyped and alert yeah because they a lot of times and this is i don't know this is how it was when my grandfather was a truck driver Mm -hmm. for a period of time that's like you get paid up front and then it's like however long it takes to get there is time that you're not getting paid oh so it's like as fast as you can you want to get this shit to where it needs to be yeah i hope there's a union for that that's crazy i hope that's not the same so yeah but i was like this is about a witch this will go in our news I thought it was going to be more about the witch, but it was not. But what was she doing? Dancing. Dancing on the road. Hit these cops. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. Tragedy. Moving on. We have the advocacy for alleged witches activism. So this is some. It's bad, but it's good. It's bad, but it's good. On May 5th, the advocacy for alleged witches drew attention to a man who was accused of holding the destinies of people in his community. Like it's like he sucks out. Your destiny? Your destiny. Which I was like. What a specific curse. You have no destiny. So I don't know like if no destiny purpose? means like a soul. I don't know if destiny. Yeah, I don't know if destiny means purpose. Like you have a path and then I'm going to steal that good path from so, you. Yes, probably something like that. Weird. So no goodness will happen. Oh. Yeah. He was alleged to have engaged in occult activities that were said to have harmed his community. No one says what the harm is. Always leave things like vague enough, you know. There was a photo circulating on social media of the man possibly in his 70s. He was an older gentleman on the ground with what it looks like only a shirt on, like surrounded by a mob. 
At this time, there's a ban on interstate travel in Nigeria due to coronavirus. So Leo Igwe of the Advocacy for Alleged Witches, we should, should all know who he is now. Yes. I try to say it every time. Was able to reach out to the man's daughter and speak with her. The man had been kicked out of the community after he was brought to the village square, forced to remove his clothes, and then beaten up with sticks and a machete. Not like chopped up, though. I have to make that clarification because that happens sometimes. Yeah, so it's not wild. Yeah. Uh, Beheaded at least. Yeah. So once he left, the mob burnt all of his personal belongings. So he has like nothing left in this wow. community. Holy fuck. And the daughter said that her father could not stay with her or else the villagers were threatened to banish her as well. And she's like, I believe she's a teacher is what it said. Yeah. So the man did receive medical treatment for his injuries on his back, legs, and head in a different community. The advocacy for alleged witches covered his medical bills and facilitated a relocation to a safer village. Once the ban on interstate transportation is lifted, AFAW, Advocacy for Alleged Witches, associates will visit the community with a mission to talk to their priest and discuss Discuss the allegations against this man and the superstitions around his assault and banishment. AFAW plans to maintain contact with the man and his former community members to ensure that what happened to him does not happen in this community again. Mm -hmm. Just unfortunately, right now, it's like a standstill. Yeah. Yeah. So that was bad but good, right? It is. (laughs) Really? It's more than this is bad. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that there is an organization now that is personally trying to intervene and do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's the part I like. And then it's like consistent. It's not just like a random exactly. politician. It's like an actual organization that we can champion for. And I was listening to this podcast called Even More News. And they were talking to this news correspondent for, I think it's like last week tonight or something like that. And he was like, you have to be sure that when you're doing new stuff that like you don't lead people into the weeds in the sense it's like, here's all this bad stuff. Yeah. Okay, bye. Now you know. <laughs> it's like, let me to- open your trauma and leave you. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah. And so it's like something that I feel like we do well here also is that like we point out the helpers Mm -hmm. and what you can do to help. Yeah. Because it's hard to hear about all the bad stuff while all this other bad stuff is happening and be like, well, I can't do anything about that either. Yeah. So good. It is progress. Small progress is still progress. Mm -hmm. As long as we keep small progressing until it's big progress. And then it's a big progress and then it rolls down the hill into the town. Progress, progress. Love it. Okay, moving into our final segment, what is normally the spell. And it is not the spell. It's kind of the anti-spell. It's kind of the band-aid for your spells that already exist. (laughs) So I feel like this is some important information that we need to cover. And I had originally run to it on auriculum. Okay. And I've just been sitting on it for a while, like waiting for like the appropriate time. The right moment. Yes. And it is now. Ooh, yay. Which is apparently sometimes your spells don't work. Oh, shit. Or like go sideways or you're really not sure what's going on because like nothing has happened, but you didn't feel like you did anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So here's a list of reasons why your spell not might be working. So number one is you're distracted because there's a lot of shit going on. Okay. I want you to assess where your head is at at the time, which is why journaling is good. Mm -hmm. You might be over substituting stuff. So they say that you can substitute rosemary and quartz for pretty much everything. But if you're using all substitutions, you really can't expect your spell to be powerful. I'm just like imagining baking a cake and you're like, well, I don't have this, so I can use this. But everything is something that's not (laughs) exactly right. And then you make a pizza. And you have goo. And then, yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, man, damn, I just made fried eggs. Okay, so... There's this concept of like, if your spell isn't working, 
but you don't do anything actionable to help the spell work. So like a classic example being like, why didn't my job spell work? Cause you didn't put any applications in. <laughs> why didn't my love spell work? Cause you don't talk to anybody. You're isolating. <laughs> so it's like you have agency. But I want to meet people in person. Yeah. <laughs> well, not right now. Not right now. So, I'm sorry. I really like this term they had. It was called mundane means. The idea of like there are mundane things that you do every day that are just as powerful as any magic you could be doing. So that like you pair those up and then you're bada bing bada boom. Got boyfriend. (laughs) It's that easy. It's that easy. But also you have to be likable and you know deal with your shit. So it could be that your expectations are just too high. A classic example being like you're asking the wrong questions or asking for the wrong thing. Maybe you want to go on an all-inclusive trip to Paris during a pandemic and you do a travel spell and then you are confused. Why you are not currently on an all-inclusive trip to Paris? Like you just Why am I not having the time of my fucking life right now? <laughs> I have so much quartz. <laughs> you could also be thinking about cancellations. So an example she gave in this list is say you cast a money spell, but you don't get any extra cash after several weeks. It could be that it's helping you maintain your current income and blocking extraneous expenses. Because it does have like a negating force. Mm -hmm. So canceling out negative energy without adding extra to your life. You could also, this is why also why journaling is important. If you cast a lot of spells, could any of them be negating the effects of one another? So like you do a study and focus spell and then you get a get laid spell. Maybe all you can focus on now is how you're not getting laid. Yo, these are like problems. <laughs> this is real shit. Another thing is maybe you could be impatient. Yeah. You need to just like take a breath and like sometimes it takes a while for things to happen. Okay. I know that every moment feels like a week. It does. It really does. And then it could also just be a bad spell. I feel like Alicia and I know just as well as anyone that there's a lot of bullshit online <laughs> and a lot of it is attached to Nazis. So like yeah. you're going to get conflicting information. What I feel like is very purposeful misinformation that can put people in danger. So sometimes they just don't work and it happens. I'm sorry, that's how life is. Not everybody is your friend. Ugh, how awful. So this is what you can do. You can, one, take a deep breath. Good. Ground, cleanse again, refocus. Why are you here? What is your purpose? Hmm, hmm. Taking assessments of your life. Focus. Two, run through your ingredients list again. Does anything feel out of place? Did you miss anything? Could something be punched up? Get more good manifesting go-go juice? Mm Mm-hmm. Another tactic is going back to basics, which I feel like is a good tactic for most things in life. What materials do you know best? Who are your old reliables? Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about this before. Thinking about mundane methods that you can use to assist your spell. So chop those methods up into really tiny bite-sized pieces. And I was reading about this in reference to depression. So like, I want you to chop up these tasks smaller than you think they need to be chopped up. So if your goal for the day is to dedicate more time to self-care, The first step to taking a shower, Mm -hmm. if that feels too big, is walking towards the bathroom. Just sitting there. Yeah. Think about it. Getting closer to the bathroom. You guys have to stand up and you have to walk towards the bathroom. And then you're already creating movement and motion in your life. And an object in motion is more likely to stay in motion unless acted upon by an external force. Science. Science. And then again, just like write everything down always. It could be something random, like the moon was in some kind of like square to Mercury, so your message didn't get to Osiris. And how could you come up with that conclusion unless you knew that you were journaling? Yeah. And then just chill. Just wait and chill. Because like things work in weird ways that you can't even perceive now. Maybe your love spell is giving you the time to be alone so you can deconstruct some wild shit that happened to you in childhood that makes you feel like you are worthy of love yeah i like that and that's it it's like chill the fuck out mm-hmm. try again try again or don't do something else <laughs> try something else 
I love it. Thank you. Yeah, we had so many questions about that. It's very cool to hear that there are proactive things you can do instead of being like, I'm a bad, bad, bad witch. Maybe I just suck. (laughs) (laughs) I give up. I'll never fight a cat. Okay, Alicia. Yes. It's the end. I don't have to put up the show anymore. You, I can relax now. <laughs> yes. You don't have Oof. to do any more research about familiars unless you want to. But yes. people want to find you and learn more maybe about your familiar. You can find me on Instagram at Alicia period Herder. Or you can find my familiar Artemis at Artemis City Cat. These are both true. Thank you. Facts. Facts. And then where could I find you in case I just forgot? Probably at home. <laughs> Call me up. You have my number. Anytime. But I'm if you don't free. have my number... <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or if you want to look at pictures of me going on my 6 a.m. anxiety walks, you can find me at underscore little moss. You know, it doesn't sound like anxiety walks, though. It's all very whimsical. Yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. So you, you mask it well. It's mostly the lighting because <laughs> 6 a.m. is beautiful. It's a gorgeous time to be alive. <laughs> We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod, who does our music each time we put out an episode. That and we really like him. Beautiful musician. He is amazing. We are also on Instagram at WitchYes. Share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you on our stories. If you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. I'd really like to thank Cedar P., for their Apple Podcast review. We're really hurting bad for reviews since we're not with the network and we don't advertise anywhere because it is expensive. It is expensive. It's really hard for people to find us. If you head over to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, write something like, um, I eat snakeskin for breakfast ew. without any milk. Ew, ew, ew. And then I... I mean, kudos for listening, but like, ew. <laughs> you could also say... <laughs> Alicia will throw up if you write that. <laughs> That's what you can say. Any, any, anyway, it could be anything, but as long as you write something, because that's important. It'll help us move up the charts, and then maybe we'll review your review on air. We judge it. <laughs> we give it five stars. So see, they're using the table's turn. Passive voice in this sentence. <laughs> anyway, guys, by the time this episode comes out, Patreon witches may have reached their first Patreon goal within six months, which is crazy. Yeah. This is wild. As of right now, while we're recording this, Patreon witches at the $5 level and above are getting one extra episode a month from our mini-series, Vaults of the Obscure. If not by this time airs very soon, they will be getting two episodes a month, which will make this a weekly podcast. That's wild. I don't have time for that. No. This is crazy. Plus, we just low-key added another Benny for $10 and above, and we're slowly releasing our show notes with all of our sources and dumb pictures that we add, and I feel very exposed. You love the pictures, though. I do. She's, like, very proud of each document that goes up. It's incredible. Well, I guess this has been... Which, yes! Yes!